Hmm. We'll actually be looking at a number of chapters and several verses. It'll be a little bit sporadic, but we'll be in Judges chapter 14, 15, and 16 as we look at probably who is one of the most, probably one of the most popular men in scriptures, someone that most of us have heard of, that we've heard his story ever since, really since we were little children. These are some of the uh, some of the stories that we learn about when we're when we're kids, you know, we, they've made well, they've made movies about them. They've they've made flashcards of them. I remember sitting as a little boy in in Sunday school, and my teacher showing you know showing us pictures and telling us his story. But this morning, we're going to be talking about a man named Samson. We'll be talking about a man named Samson, and you know, there's some things in his life that I think that we really need to. Uh, to draw out and to listen to and to hear about and some things that we can apply even to ourselves. You know, one of the big questions that we have to ask was, was Samson's life a success or a failure? Did Samson do what God had for him or did Samson not do what God had for him? And I think it's really hard for us to say, you know, put one sweeping statement over his whole life because certainly there are some things he did that were good, but there are also some things that he did that he messed up. And what we're going to see, though, in Samson's life, obviously, as a man, he wasn't perfect. There were some times that he messed up and some things that he did that were uh, that had some lasting effects on his life. And here's the question that we want to answer. What happens in our lives when we sin? What happens in our lives when we sin? Because sin is something that... uh, it's something that we've all done, right? Every single one of us, we would say, oh, you know, I've, I've messed up. I've, I've done some things that I shouldn't. But what happens when, when we do sin? And folks, I want to show you some things here in Samson's life, uh, some things that he did and some things that happened to him when he sinned and some, some ways that his life ended up kind of messing up. Folks, we'll start reading in Judges chapter 14, verse number 1, and see what the Bible has for us here. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen, excuse me, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to the Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman and she pleased Samson well. Now, folks, here's what we want to do. Flip over with me, if you would, to chapter number 16. And look at verse number 23. Chapter 16, verse number 23. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered him together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God. And to rejoice, for they had said, Our God hath delivered Samson our enemy into our hand. 
And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, Our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy. And they destroyed of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they called for Samson, that he may make a sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house. And he made them sport. And they set, between the, they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me, that I may fill the pillars where they are. Or excuse me, whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this once, O God, that I may be once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was borne upon, of the one with his right hand, and of the other with his left hand. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the Lord's, and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him, and brought him up. And buried him between Zorah and Eshtal, in the burying place of Manoah his father. And he judged Israel twenty years. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand something out of this passage, out of Samson's life. Lord, no doubt you were able to use this man. But Lord, there's also some things you've shown us in his word, how he disobeyed you. And, and Lord, some places that his life ended up taking him that no doubt he never would have thought he went. Lord, help us to understand and help us to draw out of it this morning. For it's in your name we ask. Amen. Folks, what we're getting ready to see, if you remember much about Samson's life, and we could read all three or four chapters here about what's going on, but Samson, when we picture him in our mind, we think of this massive, strong man. We think of him as just, boy, this is almost like God's superhero. He, He was a guy that was able to do things no other folks were ever able to do. And no doubt, there were some feats of strength that Samson did. You just... You just have to look at and wonder in amazement. Folks, there was a time that Samson, the Bible tells us that he went and he caught hundreds of foxes and tied their tails together and lit them on fire. I mean, how are you able to catch a fox to begin with? But he caught several of them, tied their tails together, lit their tails on fire so that it would go out to the Philistines' field and catch their fields on fire. There was another time that Samson, as this strong man, the Lord was able to come upon him and he tore the gates of a city off. The Bible says it wasn't just the gates. He tore off the posts that were holding them there. And he carried these gates on his shoulders up a giant hill in an act of defiance, again, against the Philistines. Folks, there were some things that Samson, we see in God's word, you just think, how was a man able to do these things? How was he able to be so strong? And folks, finally come to the point at the end of his life where we see sin had taken him to a place. And there he was at the end of his life. The Philistines had caught him. They were making sport. And the Bible says that he rests his hand between two pillars or two columns that were holding up this building. And with the great strength that God has given him, he was able to push these two pillars down and the whole building fell all at once. And he died when the building collapsed on top of him. But during that time, he also killed thousands upon thousands of Philistines as well. And, you know, his whole life, he was a guy that, man, you think God gave this guy such great ability. 
He could have done so many great and wonderful things. But we also see his life was cursed with, with sin. Some things that he shouldn't have done. He was a guy that took something that was called the vow of a Nazarite. Now, I'd like to make this known too. A Nazarite is different than a Nazarene. Okay, we talk about Jesus, the Nazarene. He's called a Nazarene because he was of the town of Nazareth. Okay, if you're from Montana, you're a Montanan. He was from Nazareth, therefore he was a Nazarene. Now, that's, it sounds similar to the vow of a Nazarite, but it's different. What he did is he said that he would, one, he would never cut his hair, which is what God told him to do. Samson, you're not supposed to cut your hair. No razor is going to come upon your head. Okay, Lord, I'll never, I'll never cut my hair. And, you know, I can't imagine a guy that from the time he was born to the time that he was, oh, say, in his 20s or 30s, if he had never cut his hair, he probably had some long hair. I mean, some really long hair. And it's, I'm just thinking, you, you see a guy, and he's got hair going down to his calves. That's, that's a lot of hair. Anyhow, he, he promised God that he would never cut his hair. And then he also said that he would never touch anything that came from the vine, no grapes, no grape juice, no wine, none of that. He would never touch it. And then he also vowed that at the same time he would never touch anything that was dead. He, he, would, never, uh, he would never touch an unclean thing and never touch a dead animal. And these were some vows that he took before the Lord. And folks, he made these vows to God, but we see throughout the course of his life and through even his feats of strength, he also broke several of those vows. We read the account of what happened with him and a lion. Get this. Again, a man, his great strength. As he was walking, he was traveling. And this is, this is Middle East now. A lion approached him. The Bible said a young lion. And the Bible tells us that he, through the strength of God, grabbed this lion and torn it asunder. You know, I, I'm picturing in my mind he's able to grab this lion and rip the thing in half. And then he laid it laying there and just went on his merry way. I mean, hey, no big deal. I was just able to take on a lion with my bare hands. Folks, later, the Bible tells us he came back by that same area and some bees had made a nest in the body. And there was some honey in there. And the Bible says that he reached in and he saw that honey. And boy, he wanted something that tasted sweet. And, and he started eating of that honey, thus breaking one of his vows. He touched something that was dead. And he, he you know, dis, you know, disregarded and disobeyed that vow that he made. We know he also, at some point, was a drink of the fruit of the vine, which he also said he wouldn't do. And the third one that was, excuse me, the third one that was left was he wasn't supposed to cut his hair. And he started dating this one girl named Delilah. Hey, have you guys ever met someone today named Delilah? You know, I've heard that one gal on the radio. I think they, maybe her radio name is Delilah or something. But, but typically, I wouldn't want to name my daughter Delilah just because of the connotation that we always hear. When you hear Delilah, you think of this girl in the Bible. And boy, Delilah, she was paid off by the Philistines. And, and they said, listen, Delilah, you're going you're gonna to go to Samson. And I want you to figure out where his strength is. Because if you remember at this time, the Philistines... They were, boy, they were at war with Israel. They were always wanting to take over Israel. And Samson, being this strong man, he was going to war by himself. There was a time when he killed 2,000 Philistines by himself. The Bible says the only weapon he had was the jawbone of a donkey. And he was able to take on over 1,000 men of his own strength. They wanted this guy gone. So they took Delilah and they paid her off and said, listen, you're going to sweet talk Samson and you're going to figure out where his strength come from. So finally she wore him down and he said, okay. And he already knew he had broken his other two vows. He said, if you cut my hair, 
I'll lose my strength. And, you know, he was just thinking, oh, you know, this girl loves me. I'm not going to keep any secrets from her. And, you know, through, through the woos and seduction of this woman, a man of such great strength fell because of the way that this girl seduced him. They cut his hair. And she said, Samson, wake up. There's the Philistines. They're, they're coming. They're coming to get you. And sure enough, he woke up and he thought, ah, no big deal. I'll just shake them off like I always had. But no, this time he had broken his third vow. The Philistines came. They tied him up. The Bible says in verse number 21, look at this, of, of chapter 16, verse 21. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. They took this great strong man, this man that was the champion of Israel. Boy, he was a strong man. The Philistines gouged out his eyes. He was blind. And then they took him and they put him to grind at the millstone. They put him to work just like they would any other ox or any other cattle. And just, you know, they put him to work. They were going to make fun of him. And then here the Philistines, they're having this great day of a feast. And they said, oh, hey, let's bring out Samson. We get to make fun of him. Man, we've got him now. Let's, let's make some sport of this guy. And Samson's staggering and stumbling out as they bring him out because he can't see. He's blind. And as we've already talked about, in his death, the Bible says that he killed more people in his death than he did in his life. Because they put him there between those pillars and God allowed him to knock the place down. And yet we think, how is it that a guy with so much strength could be brought down so far in his life? And guys, here's the question that we need to relate to us. And I tell us a story so we can see this all together. What happens to a person when he disobeys God? What happens to a person when he sins? You know, the first thing I want to tell you about what happens when we sin is, is there's, some, there's some thoughts that go around. When I sin, when I disobey God, my first thought might be, well, it doesn't really hurt anyone but me. I'm the only one that's affected when I sin, especially if, if nobody knows about it. Well, maybe. It depends. We'll talk about that. Secondly, some people would say, oh, well, you know, what, once I sin and it's over and it's done with, well, it's just gone. I mean, hey, it's, it's over. It's in the past. It's no big deal. Think about maybe the time that, that you have done something wrong, maybe with your spouse or with a friend, family member or whatever. And you, you wronged them and you know it. And then you went, you asked for forgiveness. It was over. It was done with. And now you say, hey, it's in the past. No big deal. It's over. It's done with. We're going to forget about it. Is that the way it always works? Maybe sometimes, but then also maybe not. And thirdly, we're going to answer this question. Some people would say, I have messed up so bad God could never use me. I've done so many things, God could never use me again. And you know, I've met people like that. I met a guy once, I was working in retail in a store, and he'd come in, and, and boy, he was one of these guys, he, just, he was just rough. He, he was a, a rough guy. And he'd come in, and he was talking to us, and telling us, you know, me and my buddy as we were working, and, and we started carrying on a conversation. We tried to invite the guy to church, and he said, no, I'll never go into another church. And we asked, we said, why? You know, what's, well, what's wrong? Why would you, can't you come? He said, if I ever go into a church building, the roof would cave in on me. And uh, he was being kind of sarcastic, but that's, that's how he felt. He thought he had done so many bad things that God could never use him and God would never love a guy like him. And folks, is that, is that really the case? You know, we're going to answer some of these questions here based off of Samson's life because he shows us some very real things that happened here. 
Guys, the first question we wanted to answer was, when I sin, does it only affect me? Do, am I the only person that ever, that ever knows about it? I will say this. Sometimes there are private sins in our life that the only person that knows is probably the Lord. There are some times in my heart of hearts that I might think ill things towards someone or I have some emotions that maybe I, I shouldn't have. And you know what? That might be between me and the Lord. And it's possible that God's the only one that knows about it. And I can ask for forgiveness and that be over and done with. But there are also other times that things happen that, that really affect others, whether that be directly or indirectly. Look what the Bible says here in chapter, uh, chapter 14, verse number uh, 13. Chapter 14, verse 13. Samson, he put a riddle to these guys. And he was giving this to the Philistines and showing himself kind of, kind of sneaky. And he put these guys to a bet. But look what happens here in verse number 13. But if ye cannot declare it to me, the answer of a riddle, then shall ye give me 30 sheets and 30 change of garments. And they said unto him, Put forth thy riddle that we may hear it. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth the meat, and out of the strong came forth the sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they said unto Samson's wife, Entice thy husband that he may declare unto us the riddle, lest we burn thee and thy father's house with fire. Have ye called us to take that we have? Is it not so? Guy Samson was down here. He was fraternizing with these Philistines. They were the enemy. And he was down there. He was putting them to a test. And he was, man, he was kind of making a bet with these guys. And the Philistines then, they turned and went over to his wife, his first wife. And they went over to her and they said, listen, you're going to go to your husband and you're going to get the answer out of him or we're going to burn you and your husband or you and your father and we're going to burn everything down. And boy, that was a threat that was made on his family because of what he had done. Guys, there are some times that we can do things in our lives that have direct consequences on our family. And you know, the same thing could be true. Sometimes there are things that happen to us because of some sins of someone else. You know, well, what, what if our husband or our wife ends up doing something that they shouldn't and that ends up falling back on me or falling back on my children? Guys, we never know just how far the reach of our sin is going to be. Now, sometimes that directly happens, but I want you to notice this. Sometimes even our secret sins that no one knows about, that can have effects on your family as well. I want you to think of this. What about some kind of man that's harboring some sort of sin within his heart, within his own life that no one else knows about, and deep down inside, it just starts eating and gnawing away at him. And maybe there's something going on in his heart. He hadn't told anyone. Only God knows. But maybe there's some sort of bitterness towards, you know, towards his neighbor, towards someone at work. And boy, he's just keeping that to himself. And every day when he comes home, he's just, he's just eat up with bitterness. He's just eat up with anger. No, that sin might not be affecting his family, but look at this. If he's coming home with that anger and he's bringing home that bitterness, his family sees it. His family is now having to live with an angry and bitter man because of what he's dealing with in his own heart. Now that sin, like I said, it might not be directly affecting them, but boy, it's indirectly affecting them. I want you to see the very last verse of Samson's life. Chapter 16, verse number 31. After Samson died, then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him 
and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtual in the burying place of Manoah, his father. Now, sure, Samson's sin might not have directly affected those guys, but now they've lost their family member. They're having to grieve over the death of their family member. Guys, maybe some of us know someone's life that was cut down early because of their sin. And that left us to grieve because of the loss of their life. You know, there have been occasions in my life where people I have known, people I have loved, have died early lives because of their sin. And then our entire family, our entire community was left to grieve because of their death. And again, that was some sin that they ended up being caught up with. And they they shouldn't have been there. And and it hurts. And it doesn't just hurt them. It hurts everyone around them. Folks, we never know just how far our sin is going to go. It might not affect them directly. But it can affect them indirectly. Guys, we need to be very, very careful of our sin. So what happens when we sin? Maybe it doesn't just affect us. But boy, it can affect others as well. I'm going to show you something else here too. Number two, we never know how long sin will last. You know, sometimes sin is very, very short. Sometimes it's there, it's done, it's gone. Uh, you know, it, maybe you say something out of the way to someone you're there with. You know, you're upset and you, you blow up and you say something you shouldn't. Okay, listen, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that. Will you forgive me? Yeah, of course I forgive you. You know, you hug and you're done and you're gone. Those kind of things happen. And we love it when those things happen. But guys, sin isn't always fixable, I guess is the right answer. Sin isn't always fixable. Sometimes we do things that mess us up from now on. That's possible. I can disobey God and I can get forgiveness, by the way. But that doesn't mean that it's just done and over with. I'm going to show you that again here out of Samson's life. Let's look over at verse number 21 of chapter 16. After Samson had sinned, he had broken all three vows... The Philistines caught him. He didn't have his strength, verse number 21, but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. Folks, when he lost his sight, that was a scar because of his sin. He could have lived another 20, 30, 40 years, but he would have always been blind because of his sin. Here's what we need to learn. Sometimes... Sin leaves scars in our lives that can't be fixed. Sin can leave scars that can't be fixed. Does that mean God doesn't love us? No, of course not. Did Samson, did God still love Samson? Yeah, God still loved him. God even forgave him for his sin. But that doesn't mean that God's going to miraculously give him back his eyes. That was a scar that was left over from sin. Guys, sometimes... (laughs) Excuse me. Folks, sometimes sin leaves a scar of maybe a memory, some kind of pain. You know, maybe sometimes it's even a physical problem. Sometimes there are physical things that our our sin leaves us. I've got uh, someone now I'm thinking of that, that, um, you know, he's actually a family member of mine. I love him very dearly. And he was a guy, his life was, man, he had the world by a string. He was a guy that, man, you, you met him, and as soon as you met him, you just loved him. He had, he had a scholarship, he was on his way to school, and, and boy, just, just a whiz too, man. The guy, he was, at first he was going to go uh, to be an engineer. I mean, you give the guy a math problem, done. I mean, nothing to it. And then he thought to himself, no, nah, you know, I'd like to do something that helps people. I'm going to be a math teacher. 
And man, he was going to school. He had, a, he had a sports scholarship. He had an educational scholarship. And then when he got to school, he got into the drug scene. Started hanging out with the wrong guys. And he, he got really, really caught up in, in, in that, that lifestyle and those things. And folks, the Bible tells us about how our bodies are a temple and we're supposed to do those things and, and, and we shouldn't do things that alter our mind, the Bible teaches us. And guys, what had happened is I had talked to him not too long ago and I told him, I said, man, listen, you, know, you, can, you can still do good things. And he looked at me and he says, I just don't think you un- understand exactly what I've done to myself. And he knows he has messed up the path that his life was on. And now he's, he's not in school anymore and... and you know, I won't go into all the details of it, but in any case, the sin choices that he made has now left a scar that's going to be there until the day that he dies. That was a choice that he made. Does that mean that God doesn't love him? Nope, that's not what it means. Does it mean that, that God's just done with him and can't use him anymore? Nope, that's not what it means either. But it does mean that sometimes sin leaves scars. Guys, Samson lost his eyes. So yeah, sometimes that, you know, sin, it's there. We can get forgiveness and it's done. But sometimes it's going to put out our eyes also. And we never know just what's going to happen from that sin. And furthermore with this, we also see that the Philistines, they had him captive until the day that he died. They had him captive until the day that he died. Folks, sin can grab us. It can keep us. It can hurt us. And we just need to be very, very careful of the actions that we take because sometimes there are consequences that we just can't erase. You know, my kids, you know, they're, they're, they're going to disobey. They're going to do things they shouldn't. You know, people do. People, every, everyone is imperfect. I still do things that I shouldn't. But that's never going to change the fact that I love my kids. Even when I disobey me, it's never going to change that I love them, which is what brings us to number three. We also never know how God can still use us. I can be living with a scar. I can have my eyes put out. I can be captured by the Philistines. But God can still use me. He can still do something in me that that I would have never expected. Guys, Samson, we call him a judge because, hey, we're, we're in the book of Judges. That's a political office. That's an office that God used to help Israel get their freedom from the Philistines. And God was able to use this man that had, that had sinned. It was during this time of war. And the Bible says he was able to kill thousands of people all at once because he turned his eyes back towards God. Listen, maybe there has been some kind of sin in our life. Maybe we've had our eyes put out. Maybe we're, maybe we're carrying around some kind of scar from sin. Guys, that happens. We have those. And if we're carrying around some kind of scar, Satan will crawl up on our shoulder and he'll say, hey, look, look what you did. In Revelation, they call Satan the accuser, as in he points at people, look what you did. You know, look what you did. How do you call yourself a Christian? The accuser of the brethren, they call him. And, and, and Satan, he'll crawl up on our back and he'll say, man, look, look at the awful things that you've done. God could never use a guy like you. Look at that scar you're carrying around. God, God can't use a guy that's broken and beaten down like you. You disobeyed him. Guys, that's not what the Bible teaches us. What happened was Samson, while he had lost his strength, his strength was taken away for a while after he got his hair cut. And he was there. He was between the two pillars. And look at his prayer. The Bible says in verse number 28, Samson called unto the Lord and said, Oh, Lord God, remember me, I pray thee. And strengthen me, I pray thee. 
only this once, O God, that, that I may be once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne upon, of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left hand. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Folks, Samson, while he was there, he was blind, he was captive, he was chained up. His enemies, thousands of them, he was there on display and they were laughing at him. You talk about carrying around some scars. That's a pretty bad place to be. And what he could have done was just laid there and hung his head and said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Life's over for me. He could have said that. But you know what he did instead? He realized, I messed up. I'm going to own up to it. God, I want you to help me. Lord, just this once, hear me. Lord, just this last time, avenge me. Lord, be used of me. And folks, while we might have scars, if we will just stop and and realize that, that we've messed up and God can still use us, then we can turn our eyes back towards heaven and the Lord can use us to do something great and mighty if we'll just turn our eyes towards Him. So what happens when we sin? One, it may affect some others. Two, sometimes we'll be stuck with some scars. But three, it doesn't mean God's finished with you. When I sin, it doesn't mean that God's finished with me. It just means that I need to take the hit and keep going. I need to ask God to use me again. Lord, do something great with my life. And while he was there at the lowest point of his life, the Bible says he was able to bow himself and push this building down and deliver the entire nation of Israel from those Philistines that had them captive. Guys, at the lowest moment in his life, God was able to use that as the greatest moment in his life. Don't let the scars of sin keep you down. I mean, yeah, we have them. I have them. But don't let them keep you down. God can still use you. Still let the Lord use you. One guy told me, he said, hey, when you sin, take the hit like a football player. Man, you got the ball and you're running. You're going to get hit. You just keep moving. You get hit and you get back up and you keep going. I mean, don't let it stop you. Don't let it knock you down. Folks, we never know exactly what sin is going to do. And there's a lot of ideas that get kicked around about sin. Some people say, oh, sin just affects me. Well, not always. Some say that, oh, you know, sin, I can just ask for forgiveness and it's, and it's forgotten and it's done with. Well, not always. Sometimes a sin can affect you for the rest of your life. We never know. doesn't mean we can't be forgiven, but sin sometimes carries some, carries some scars. And then some would say that, oh, well, I've just messed up too greatly. God could never use me anymore. He's done with me. Nah, I don't agree with that either. Folks, God still used Samson. Sure, his sin knocked him out and it hurt him pretty bad. But God still used him in a great way. Guys, what do we do when we sin? What happens when we sin? It hurts us. But we can also ask for forgiveness. Let's be like Samson. When any kind of sin comes into our lives, no matter how bad it hurts, let's ask God to forgive us and just turn our eyes back towards God. Even when we hurt ourselves, we'll turn our eyes back towards God and say, God, use me. And I promise you, God can still use you. You know, I'll give you an example, and then we'll be finished up with this one. You know, one of the things in the Bible, God gives his men, when I say his men, he gives, he gives preachers specific qualifications. 
there are some things that they can do in their lives that will make them unqualified to preach. doesn't mean they're not saved. It just means that they can't, they can't stand behind the pulpit anymore. We find that over in the book of Timothy. For example, if for some reason a man, he has been unfaithful in his home, he's been unfaithful in his marriage, and this, this pastor, he ends up destroying his home, his home falls apart, and he decides he wants to go and, and get married again. At that point, he is unable to fill a pulpit on several different occasions. One, the Bible says he didn't take care of his home like he was supposed to, and therefore he's unqualified. Two, the Bible says that the man of God ought to be blameless, which means he can't have this reputation of being uh, an ungodly man or doing things that, that people can point at him for and say, you know, he, he's not qualified to preach. And, and number three, the Bible says he also must only be the husband of one wife. If he gets married again, well, then now he has two. Folks, these are some things that we would say, yeah, those are sin. And sometimes the scars of sin can affect the man of God from even doing what he ought to do. And while that's a very literal example, sometimes sin can hurt us as well. And, you know, while those things happen, it doesn't mean God can never use us. God can still use us. But we'll sometimes carry scars also. So, guys, I just hope this will be a blessing to you. If we could, let's have every head bowed and we'll have every eye closed. I want to encourage us with this thought. Just because you're down doesn't mean you're out. Just because we sin and just because we mess up, which, which I've done, all of us have, it doesn't mean God's through with us. And just because we can get forgiveness doesn't mean that the scars are going to go away either. Folks, God can use us even with the scars. God can use us... <coughs> God can use us even when we do mess up. Our Father, Lord, again, I pray that you would help us to understand the dangers of sin. Lord, sin certainly took Samson to a place he never wanted to be. And Lord, it carried some scars that he never wanted to carry. Lord, I pray that you would keep us from sin. Help us to see where those dangers are. and Help us to see where, uh, where those traps may lie. And Lord, those of us that already have some scars of sin, even the scars I carry in my own life, Lord, I pray that you would help us not to let those keep us down. Lord, you've showed us that you still love us and you still want to use us. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to keep moving forward for you even when we carry those scars. Folks, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to have the piano play just very quietly. And we say this is your time to do business with God. We call this our invitation, just where we invite you to spend some time with Him. Is there some sin in your life that's unconfessed or that you're, you're just holding on to? Go ahead and give that to the Lord. And confess that. Ask God to forgive you and move forward. Friend, is there maybe some scars that sin has left on our life. While sometimes those scars hurt, that doesn't mean God's done with us. Sometimes we're left to, left to carry some things that sin has done in our lives. Let's just give those to God and let Him use us the best way that He can.